Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Numbers. Last Sunday morning, we began a series of messages on Old Testament characters. And some of these Old Testament characters are people that you may not be familiar with. But hopefully by the time that uh, we go through this series, that uh, you'll be more familiar with them and also that uh, you'll be blessed and encouraged by their lives. We're going to talk about a man today by the name of Hobab. Have you ever heard of him before? Hobab. Hobab was Moses' brother-in-law. And so we're going to look at him today. Numbers chapter 10 and we're going to read, start reading in verse 29, and we'll read through verse 31. So, with your Bibles open, would you stand with me as we read these verses of scriptures together? Now Moses said to Hobab, the son of Bruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we're setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. So Moses said, please do not leave. Inasmuch as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. Well, may God's blessings be upon the reading and the preaching of his word. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for allowing us to be able to look to the scriptures and to find truth And to know that truth develops and encourages our faith. I pray, dear Lord, that for the anointing and the filling of your Holy Spirit be upon the preaching and the hearing of your word. May you be honored in what is said and in done. And pray, dear Lord, that all men shall be drawn unto thee. That is our prayer here today. For we ask it in the precious and wonderful name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you be seated? I was reading a story here a while back that was rather interesting. It was during the days of Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson and several men began to travel across the country by horseback. And they had traveled for several, several days and they came to this particular river where it had rained and that the waters had literally washed out the bridges. And so in order to get across, they were going to have to take their horses and they were going to have to plunge into the waters and through those rapid Waters they were going to have to make their way across. Several 
have attempted to do that and could not quite get across. But there was one particular man that was standing there watching, and he looked to Thomas Jefferson, and he said, Can I come with you and ride with you on your horse to the other side? And, of course, Thomas Jefferson told him he could, and they made their way across those treacherous waters, and they got to the other side. And by that time, the rest of the group finally had gotten over to the other side of that, those particular waters. And one of the men asked that gentleman, said, why did you pick out the president? Quite surprisingly, he didn't realize he was the president. He said, well, he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, as we were getting ready to go into those waters, I began to look into the faces of the men. And some in their faces said, yes, we can make it across. And then there was others that said, no, we cannot. I chose the face that said, yes, we could make it across. And so he chose Thomas Jefferson. When I read that story, I was reminded as the story that I'm reading about today, about a man by the name of Hobab. Hobab was invited by Moses to go with him into the promised land. But upon his face, he said no. What a tragedy. What a tragedy when God gives us an adventure and gives us an opportunity to begin to explore the blessings of God when we in return refuse to do so. Numbers chapter 10, verse 29, we understand that Hobab was the brother of Moses, a brother-in-law of Moses. He was the brother of Moses' wife, Zipporah. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things as we begin to look at this passage of Scripture. First of all, I want you to notice in three stages that a special reunion had taken place. Now, what had happened was, as you go back and you study the book of Numbers, you began to find out that there in the book of Numbers that it had been at least two years, two years since Moses and the children of Israel had crossed over on dry land there at the Red Sea. Two years. And now we begin to understand in Numbers chapter 1 that after those two years that Moses and his brother-in-law have come to a reunion, a special reunion. And they're looking behind them and they're reminiscing. I can almost imagine as as Hobab, no doubt, was embracing his dear sister and embracing his dear brother-in-law and so glad to see them. You know how it is a lot of times when you haven't seen your family for quite some while and then all of a sudden you're able to experience that great reunion. That's the way it was with Hobab and Zipporah and Moses. Now, Moses, being the leader that he was, he began to 
share with him of the adventures that was about to come about. Moses was getting ready for a long trip. In other words, the Bible says in verse 29 that we are setting out for the place which the Lord said, I will give to it. In other words, Moses was getting ready to go and to be able to conquer the land of Canaan. God had told Moses and told the people that I'm going to give you a land, a land of milk and honey, a land that is yours, a land that you'll be able to enjoy, a land of freedom, a land of great, great blessing. Now you can imagine, you can imagine them being under the slavery and the hardship that they were for those many, many, many years under the Egyptians' oppressions. To know that God had given them a land. And yes, as I began to think about it, it was a special, special reunion that Hobab and Moses had began to enjoy. But in the midst of that reunion came a specific request. Now, I think it's interesting Moses is on the move. He's getting ready to move into the land of Canaan. And there was the destination he explained there in verse 29. We're setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. A place called Canaan, a land. And God's people was moving there. Now, as I think about the land of Canaan, I'm reminded as a a little child, we used to sing a song, an old song such as this. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. My friend, do you realize that you're bound for a promised land? If you're a child of God, one of these days the Lord is going to allow you to go into a land of Canaan called heaven. A place where you're going to enjoy, a place where you can never imagine that it would be as great as it is. Oh, my friend, can you imagine missing heaven? I cannot imagine that. And yet there's people by the thousands and millions of people today are rejecting the cause of Christ because they were not willing to accept him and to receive him and therefore they're going to miss what is called heaven. I'm grateful to know in my heart today that if I was to take my last breath, that the, the, the next breath would be there in the land of Canaan, the land of heaven. Praise the Lord for that. My friend, what a blessing God has given to us. But notice the desire that Moses expressed to Hobab. He says in verse 29, come and go with us. That seems like a, a normal thing for Moses to say to Hobab. Hobab, you're a part of the family. I want you to go, and I want you to go with me. 
Now, when I think about heaven, I cannot imagine going to heaven without bringing my family with me. I cannot imagine that my wife and my children and my grandchildren and my daughter-in-laws, I cannot imagine going there and not taking them with me. Oh, one of the greatest blessings is not only knowing that I'm going, but to know that they're going as well. That they have made the decision that Jesus Christ is their Lord and is their Savior. I heard about this old elderly couple. And this particular lady was very, very sick. And she had some problems with her mind. She had dementia at times. And she hollered out to her husband. And she said, John, she said, are you not ready to come to bed? Well, it was in the middle of the day. But he thought he'd go along with her. He says, yes, Sally, he said, I'm getting ready to come to bed. Have you turned out the lights and locked the doors? Yes, I've turned out the lights and I've locked the doors. She said, are all the windows shut? Yes, all the windows shut. And then she said this. Are all the children in? Oh, man. Are all the children in? Moms and dads, can you say all the children are in? Oh, my friend. No doubt there's parents that's sitting under the sound of my voice that their children have not accepted the Lord, or they are wayward, and they have gone into a a far country, and they're not living for the Lord like they should have and like they've been taught. Oh, I believe if there's anything in this world could not be any more important than for a mom and for a dad to begin to pray and pray their children into heaven. Pray their grandchildren into heaven. Share with them. Will you not come and go with us? What a, what a tremendous request. A request that Moses made to Hohab. My friend, I just pray that today that as Moses presented that offer to Hobab, that... Uh, that he would have accepted that offer. But we're going to see in just a few moments that he did not. See, my friend, I want you to understand, not only that you're asking them to come and go with you to heaven, but my friend, you're asking them to reap the blessings that will be a part of being a child of God. Telling others about what God has done is one of the greatest, greatest opportunities and greatest responsibilities that we could ever, ever experience. I believe with all my heart that there'd be more people going to heaven today if there was more people sharing the gospel. Telling people 
that they need Christ as their Savior. You know what Moses was? He was a soul winner. He was literally sharing with Hobab this man to come and go with him. You're going to see in just a few moments as we go look in the life of Hobab of how Moses was trying to bring him out of paganism and bring him out of worldliness and bring him into a point of trusting God. So that brings me to the third thing that I want us to notice for a few moments. It's this sad rejection, sad rejection of Hobab. The story would have been great. If Hobab would have said, yes, I will go with you, Moses. But listen to what the Bible says in verse 30. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. What a sad, sad rejection. What a sad answer. No. Week after week after week, we'll give an invitation for people to come to know the Lord as their Savior. I've watched people with conviction upon their faces and conviction upon their countenance. And yet they will shake their head and walk out the doors and say no. I think I've shared this story before, but let me share with you again because I, I see that it, it, it applies here. There was a man in my church in Lancaster, South Carolina. I had witnessed to him a number of times, and yet he would come to church and he would constantly say, No, no, I'm not ready. He experienced all kinds of physical difficulties. He experienced a stroke, a heart attack. And in the midst of that, I would plead with him and ask him, would he not come and accept the Lord Jesus as his Savior? I remember one particular Sunday morning, he was sitting on the third row. And as I was preaching, tears were flowing from his cheeks. I gave the invitation and he literally stepped out into the aisle and then he shook his head and he walked back and he sat down. As he walked out the door, I grabbed him by the hand and I said, his name was Bill, and I said, Bill, do you realize the seriousness of you rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, one of these days, Pastor, I'm going to do that. That was on Sunday. On Monday afternoon, I got the phone call. And the phone call was Bill had just had a heart attack. And I remember rushing over to the house. And I remember hearing his wife cry out, Oh, Pastor, Bill has died and gone to hell. What a tragedy for a man to say no, no, when an invitation is been given. 
And so you see the refusal of this particular man, of Hobab. He said, I'm going to return to my own land. I'm going to return to my own kindred. In essence, what he was doing was rejecting his faith in the God of Moses. He was rejecting. See, Hobab was a Mennonite. And this Midianite was, his father was Jethro, which was a priest of the Midianites. And there, they were strong in idolatry and paganism. Since his father was a priest, most titles and officials of hereditary was passed on down to their children. So it stands to reason that Hobab probably became a priest of the Midianites. Now what did that mean? That meant that he was entranced with a false religion and worship false gods of Midian. And the sister of Zipporah who left her kindred, not only left her kindred, but she also left that religion. She left that false paganistic religion and began to follow the great God of Moses. Now, going back to his kindred, going back to his religion. He was simply saying, I had rather keep what I've got instead of going to what God has intended for me, the God of Moses. And so, the priest of Midian, Hobab, would become a very important man. A lot of times, the priest would become the second most powerful person in that kingdom, second to the king. He become wealthy, he become powerful, he become prestigious, and because of that, no doubt, Hobab felt that he could not go. I see people today rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ because of those things. They think that if I come and that if I become a Christian, that I have to give up certain things. My friend, I want you to understand that it's not a matter of giving up, it's a matter of receiving. Amen. When Jesus Christ came and he said, come and give me your life, or come and give me your death, I'll give you my life. When Jesus came, he says, come and give me your hell and I'll give you my heaven. Jesus said, come and give me your sins and I'll give you forgiveness and eternal life. So you're not giving up, you're receiving. But the devil has blinded the minds of so many people today of trying to keep them from recognizing what God has in store for their life. So, friend, God's not trying to rob you. God is trying to bless you. God is trying to give to you things that you would want if you only realize and recognize 
the need. Oh, my friend. I see also not only there was this refusal, but there was this retribution. The history of the Midianites is tragic and is terrible. In Numbers chapter 31, you go back and you study that because of their paganism and their wayward ways, God could no longer refuse but to destroy their existence. And they were destroyed. I can't help but to wonder if Hobab was among those that were slaughtered there in numbers. Those that was perished. Those that experienced the wrath of a holy and just God. See, God was not only wanting him to experience the land of Canaan, but he was wanting him to escape judgment. The foreknowledge of God understood that Hobab was going to experience the judgment of God. The tragedy of rejection is that ultimate one will face the eternal wrath of God. That's what's such a tragedy. It's not popular to preach on hell today, but my friend, God has it in his word that there is such a place called hell. A place where a man or a woman, a boy or a girl who does not know Christ will die and go to an eternal place called hell. The judgment of Christ, the judgment of God, the Bible says, is eternal damnation. Oh, my friend, if I could only get you to understand, if you're here today, then do not know Christ as your Savior. To understand that you're only one heart beat away from this place called hell. Oh, what a terrible, terrible place that is. And you know what's so amazing? Moses led the assault on the Midianites. And I sometimes wonder if Moses must have thought about his own brother-in-law when that assault took place on the Midianites. That if he had only had come and given his life over and followed us, the most unbearable thought is to know that one of my loved ones would die and go to hell. There's a beautiful old song that we used to sing. I'm bound for that promised land. I am bound for that promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? Oh, I am bound for that promised land. I wonder today, would you go with me? Would you come with me? Can you say, yes, I'll go? Don't say what Hobab did. No, I will not go. What a tragedy. A tragedy of all tragedies. I have sung people before. 
who almost make the decision, and yet they reject that decision. I remember when I was, a number of years ago, I was preaching in a revival service. And I was preaching a message similar to this, of the importance of someone giving their heart in their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember there was a young boy. He looked like he was in his early 20s, a young man. And as he walked out the door, he said, Pastor, he said, I've got a couple things I've got to take care of, but tomorrow night I'm going to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, son, why don't you do it tonight? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Why not tonight? He said, I've got a couple things I've got to take care of. See, that's what the devil always will tell you. Wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow never gets here. And I'll never forget that night. Everybody had left the the church. And as the pastor and I were leaving the church, all of a sudden there was a guy come driving up in his in his truck. And he says, Oh, Pastor, he said, There's been a terrible terrible accident right above our church about a mile. We got in our cars and we rode up there and come to find out it was a motorcycle accident. This young boy was riding the motorcycle. And as he was going around the curve, there was a drunk driver that had faced him and hit that young boy on that motorcycle head on. And that young boy went out into eternity. As far as I know, that boy never accepted the Lord Jesus as his Savior. He said, Pastor, tomorrow I'll give my life over to you or over to the Lord. Tomorrow night, I wonder if there's someone here today that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you're saying, I'm going to one of these days, but not today. Hobab was a man that had an opportunity to go into the land of Canaan and he rejected it. He missed Canaan and he experienced the wrath of God. How about you today? What will you do?